0: Welcome to TP Talks. On today's episode, we are going to address the latest developments in transfer pricing regulations in Vietnam. My name is Dana Hart, and joining me today is Joseph Vu, a director from our Transfer Pricing Practice in Vietnam. Joe is the leading advisor in Vietnam on APAs and dispute resolution, and has worked closely with the General Department of Taxation to launch the first five pilot bilateral APA cases in Vietnam. Joe has been closely following the developments of the new decree and will share its impact on businesses operating in Vietnam. Let's get started. Joe, last month the Vietnamese government released a new transfer pricing decree. What is the meaning of this development?
1: Thank you, Dana. Decree 20 is a major development of Vietnam's TP regulations for the last 10 years in terms of TP enforcement and compliance. The decree introduces various concepts and principles from BEPS Action Plan. The new law replaces the existing TP regulations and there are substantial changes to the existing rules.
0: So in light of these new developments, what are the key points that businesses operating in Vietnam need to be aware of?
1: The key point is the introduction of the three-tiered TP documentation, which includes master file, local file, and of course the uh, CBCR. One point to note, Vietnam has limited access to obtain CBCR through the exchange of information mechanism with other tax jurisdictions. And the primary reason is because it has not signed the MCAA, which is the Multilateral Competent Authority Agreement Framework. So to overcome this limitation, Decree 20 requires local taxpayer to provide a copy of the group's CBCR upon request. This is a clear departure from the spirit of the OECD where CBCR is to be exchanged between government authorities. This requirement of course places significant burden on the local taxpayer who neither has access nor authority to provide such information.
0: What if a taxpayer elects not to provide the CBCR? Are there any penalties or consequences?
1: There is no specific penalty or penalty protection for not fulfilling the CBCR requirements. The only issue is taxpayers deemed non-compliant to the decree and viewed as uncooperative, in which case the decree allows tax officials to use secret comparables to make TP adjustments. The key point here is the need for discussion between the local subsidiary and headquarter on the position of the company in terms of handling the CBCR request.
0: That's a good point. What is the first-year taxpayers need to prepare the three-tier transfer pricing documentation and when is the deadline? The decree takes effect uh, May 1,
1: 2017, so we're talking about next month basically. Uh, However, there's a bit of confusion among taxpayers as well as tax officials as to the first-year of TPD compliance. Uh, Some good news, a draft circular providing guidance to this degree has just been released and it's suggesting that the first year of TPD compliance starts for fiscal year ending from December 31st, 2017 onwards. But as this guiding circular is still in draft form, we would need to wait for the final version to be 100% certain. Also, uh, the deadline for TPD is 90 days after the fiscal year end, which is the same as the annual tax filing date.
0: 90 days to complete the documentation after fiscal year end? Is that possible? And what should companies do?
1: Uh, Very good point. Well, it's unrealistic to expect companies to have in place contemporaneous TPD in such a short time frame. Uh, We need to take a pragmatic approach. TPD does not need to be filed and is only submitted upon request. And taxpayers have about 30 days to provide TPD after receiving the official notice from tax authorities. We're recommending companies to start compiling information that could be done in advance, such as your uh, functional risk analysis, the master file, and complete the outstanding information after fiscal year end, such as the benchmarking update, financial analysis, et cetera.
0: Are there any exemptions from preparation of transfer pricing documentation? Relief
1: is provided to small businesses For example, if annual revenue is less than $2 million and the value of the related party transaction is less than $1.3 million, there are other conditions as well, such as if the company has an APA. I think an important point to address is that the TPD exemption does not guarantee that the company will not be audited. Thus, the arm's length principle must be adhered.
0: Is there any other compliance burden? There is
1: a new set of TP disclosure forms that need to be filed along with the uh, annual tax return. Previously, there was only one form, and now there are four forms, which could be quite onerous to to complete. For example, companies that have transactions with both related and third parties are now required to prepare and disclose their segmented P&L by third party and related party segments up to the operating profit level. The only issue is that if there is significant discrepancy between the margins of these two segments, I think it could lead to lots of queries from the tax officials.
0: So aside from these additional compliance requirements, are there any other changes in the new decree?
1: There are some significant changes. Notably, Decree 20 provides guidance on conducting benchmarking analysis. Specifically, the new rules acknowledge and accept the use of commercial database for benchmarking purposes. It allows the use of regional comps, if local comparables are not available, and other guidance as well. If you look at the old rules, however, there was very limited guidance on benchmarking, which created lots of disputes in trying to prove arm's length pricing.
0: Joe, these concepts seem to align with OECD and international practices, am I correct?
1: You are correct, but Decree 20 also gives tax authorities the power to use secret comparables to make TP assessment if the taxpayers deemed non-compliant with the decree. Now, what is being non-compliant? That is highly subjective. And you know, it could clearly give rise to increasingly lengthy disputes. Also, the decree suggests that an upward profit adjustment should be made to satisfy the arm's length principle but this allows downward profit adjustment. This is also a departure from OECD.
0: I noticed the decree introduces an interest deductibility cap on loans. Uh, Can you elaborate on this?
1: Yes, tax deductibility of interest on loans is capped at 20% of EBITDA, which is earnings before interest tax depreciation, amortization. Uh, The most pressing question right now is whether the interest cap applies to related party loans only, or to both related party and third party debt. Of course, uh, one could argue that the interest cap applies only to related party loans, by virtue that this provision is introduced in the TP Decree, which governs transactions between related parties. However, tax officials have mentioned during various public forums, uh, informal discussions that we've had with them that the interest cap applies to both related and third party debt. The tax officials also stressed that this interest cap provision is actually taken from the OECD, BEPS Action 4, in fact, in which the interest cap applies to both the related party and third party loans. Nevertheless, there is no formal guidance at this time, so this issue remains unclear.
0: I see. I can imagine this interest cap would have significant impact on businesses. How should taxpayers deal with this uncertainty?
1: You're definitely correct that this potentially has huge ramifications on certain industries, such as real estate, oil and gas, and other sectors as well, that require significant debt financing, even from third-party banks, just to get their businesses up and running. There is also a number of outstanding questions that needs clarification. How to apply the 20% cap for loss-making companies, for example? Is it applicable for capitalized interest? And other numerous questions. As I mentioned earlier, a draft guiding circular was recently released, but unfortunately, it did not address this issue on interest cap. We expect the government to separately address this specific issue in the near future. Otherwise, there will be inconsistencies in the interpretation, application of this interest cap among taxpayers, as well as the provincial authorities, creating lots of uncertainties and disputes.
0: Very interesting. So do you have any final takeaway points?
1: Yes. Well, the new decree is a huge improvement from the existing rules. But as mentioned, it raises a lot of uh, unanswered questions and certainly increases significant compliance burden on the taxpayer where everything needs to be done in a very short time frame. I think taxpayers should take immediate action to assess the impact of this local compliance. One, uh, you need to understand the disclosure requirements and reporting timetable. You need to engage your local regional teams to get alignment on information and document sharing such as the master file, the CBCR. And review your financing arrangement. Of course, despite these issues, I think the government is taking a huge stride in trying to align with the global tax framework on transparency and anti-avoidance.
0: Joe, thank you. That was a very interesting discussion. If you would like to contact Joe, his email address is provided in the description of this podcast episode.